0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for April 19th, 2022. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. We've been going through these miracles every day, five days a week since the beginning of the year. This is part 64 of the overall series. A few days ago, we started looking at the life and the lesson of the miracle of of Lazarus. So there are messages in every miracle, and we're looking at Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. This is part six of that. The title of today's message is a mind-blowing miracle, don't put God in a box. I, we're going to learn today that, that we as humans have this ability to frame things and how when it comes to God, we need to throw away the frame. Stop putting God in a box. Put it in the chat. Say, I will no longer put God in a box. Put in the chat, I stop putting God in a box. Put in the chat, I will not limit God in any way. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so before we get into the miracle, we've been looking at Psalms 126 and verse 4. Um, because this is a verse that was spoken over our church, and it's something that we've been meditating on all year. We believe at our church that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And so God operates in times and seasons and levels and stages, and we have to discern what God is doing in certain seasons. Well, as we're entering into 2023, we perceived that. 2022, number one, was difficult for many people. And all the way, go, going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, there were people that were just experiencing difficult challenges to the point where their walk with God dried up in certain areas. So, this is a scripture we've been looking at. Watch this. The Bible says, Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Restore me to the former glory. Not only that, may streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. We're believing that in this season, whatever area of your life went dry is going to be drenched again. So now let's get into the miracle. John chapter 11, uh, we're we're walking our way through this. We've been looking. Now this is a very familiar uh, passage. John chapter 11, very familiar miracle. Most people that go to church are familiar with the story of Lazarus and Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. However, there's a lot in in this story. So we're unpacking it as we go. We know that Jesus got word uh, that Lazarus, the one he loved, was sick. And before he left, he said three things. These are three statements that Jesus said. Number one, he said, this sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified thereby. Number two, Jesus said, our friend Lazarus is sleeping and I'm going to go wake him up. And then number three, he said, well, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that we were not there so that you would believe. And so the disciples are like, what do you mean we believe? We already believe. No, they needed to believe on another level put in the chat, I expand my capacity to believe God. So he made those three statements. The problem is that Mary and Martha were not there when Jesus made those three statements. Mary and Martha didn't hear him say, this sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the Son of God may may be glorified thereby. Mary and Martha were not there when Jesus said, I'm going to go wake him up. Mary and Martha were not there. So they were unaware of what Jesus said and what God was doing. And so when Lazarus stopped breathing, they stopped believing. Now there was a point when they believed. Now one of the things that I learned as a early, uh, early in my ministry, when I went to Bible college uh, in the year 2000, and you know kind of in that time frame, 2000 to 2002, one of uh, uh, the books that I read was preaching and teaching with imagination. So I love to kind of put myself in the story. And so I can imagine Mary and Martha getting a cool rag and walking over to their brother and putting a cold rag on his head and saying, don't worry, my brother, it's okay. We already sent word to Jesus. We told Jesus, the one you love, is sick. don't worry, Jesus is on the way. Don't worry. It can happen at any time. Don't worry. Jesus could just speak a word of healing. He may not even come. He might just say, get up, and you, you'll get up. And so don't worry about Hey, listen, you're about to get out of this bed. you know. And, and so they, they were encouraging him. They were speaking to him. They were building him him up. Yeah. They were excited for him and all of that. But, but, but at some point when he stopped breathing, they stopped believing. So obviously they had put God in a box. And so, so they had limited God. So the average believer can hope and believe God. The average believer can believe God to do this or that, but the average believer will lose hope when the situation seems like is beyond hopeful right? And so in this situation, I understand when he stopped believing, then the situation seemed like it was hopeless. And most believers, I would say, will throw in the towel on their faith before, whenever a situation gets to the point where they perceive that it is beyond possibility. Now, my question is, how bad does it have to get for it to be beyond God? I'm not saying that it's beyond God. God can do anything. The problem is that oftentimes we limit God because we put God in a box. We frame our thinking and you say, well, but Rick, Rick, hold on for a minute. Hold on. The guy was dead and he had been dead for four days. His body was already stinking. Come on now. Yeah, but I I understand, but what is too hard for God? They gave up on God before God gave up on them. My question is, have you done the same thing? I know that I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it, but don't do it anymore. Moving forward from 2023, put in the chat, I will not give up on God. Don't give up on God for he won't give up on you. The song said he's able. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works on the inside of us. What is it? How dead? Here's a question for you. How dead? Look at me. How dead does your situation need to be for you to think that it's past God's power? How dead does your situation have to be for you to think that it is beyond God's reach? Come on, man. God is God. Now, the problem is, I know we say it all the time, God can do anything. God, God is the greatest power. He shall never be defeated. We say that, but when situations get worse before they get better situations like this. These were people that love God. These were people that were there for God. These were people that hosted God in their home. And when he stopped breathing and they buried him and, and, and the mourners came and they were crying and they, they cried till they ran out of tears and they went to sleep crying and they woke up crying and it had been four days and Jesus shows up. And now, now they were, I'm sure they were thinking, why are you here now? Right? Right. You here now. But yeah, he's been dead for four days. My question is, have you ever been there? Yes, we've all been there, but now we got to learn moving forward that we have to change the way we think and we have to change the way we, we believe. So what does this mean for you today? I have two things to share with you in this morning, but let me set the stage first. We, as humans, have the ability to frame any given situation in our hearts and in our minds. Put in the chat, say we have the ability to frame. Now, this is a good thing, but it can be a not so good thing too. So we have the ability to frame and we have the ability to reframe. Now, the ability to reframe is good, right? So we have the ability to frame and to reframe. So a lot of times, let's say I'm preaching on faith, people come to church, and they, they they got their kids ready. They did hair. They ironed clothes. They made sure everybody looked good. They got in the car. They drove all the way to the church. They put their kids in children's church. They sit down in the sanctuary. I get up to preach. And they're like, Lord God, they're at the point where like their situation is at the brink of death or maybe is already past, and maybe they stopped believing. And, and they're like, with all this stress and struggle and strain, and they're dealing with the realities of this present world. And I get up and I preach the word of God, glory to God. And I'm preaching lying upon them. Line, precept upon precept, and I'm preaching faith, and I'm telling you, look at your neighbor say, I believe God, and, and now they, they, they expand their capacity to believe God, and the Holy Ghost tells them, hey, you have framed me to believe in this certain area, and you thought that it was a done deal, and, but you can reframe it, and so, so the faith of God causes you to reframe stuff, and that's great, where you say, you know what, I thought a certain way, but I expand my capacity to believe God, to where now I don't believe that this is beyond God's reach, I believe that God can do all things. Now, that's great. Say reframing is good reframing is good. But but watch this. We got to get to the point where God sometimes would tell us to throw away the frame. We got to stop putting God in a box. The ability to frame our thinking and our believing is a blessing, but it can also become a burden if we start to watch this, if we start to frame God and limit him to human possibilities. If we limit our framing, we are limiting God because God will never override our hearts. Now, let me slow down on this point. You said, well, hold on, Rick, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm not limiting God. God can do anything. Yes, God can do anything, but he can't do anything in your life unless you believe it. All things are possible to him that believes. And if you don't believe it, then it's not possible for you. God will never force himself on you. So your framing is important. The frame you have in your heart and in your mind is critically important because if you, are, if you have a limited understanding of God's power, you are limiting God from moving in your life. And so God doesn't have to move the way that you expect him him to move. I got it. But you also have to believe to a certain extent. And if you don't believe you are limiting God, you are putting limits on a limitless God. So my question for you this morning is in which way are you limiting God? Let's talk about it. I told you I was going to talk to you about two things this morning. The two things are number one, not putting God in a box. And number two, don't move on until God tells you to move on. So let's talk about these two things. This morning. All right, here's number one. All of that I said just to get ready. (laughs) That that was all like the introduction. All right, let me give you these two points and I'll release you into this day. Number one, you ready? Stop putting God in a box. Put in the chat, I will not put God in a box. You got to stop putting God in a box. Do not limit God's operation in your life in any way. Now, we have all, myself included, we have all put God in a box without realizing it. The box I'm talking about is the frame in which we see God, the frame in which we perceive his operation in our lives. In John chapter 11, Jesus finally showed up to Mary and Martha, right? And when he did, both sisters said the same thing to Jesus. They said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So they both said the same statement. And this statement reveals a few things to us about Mary and Martha. These were people who loved God. But watch this. Their faith was limited to an expectation that Jesus was going to show up within their perceived timeline. So their faith was limited to their timeline. My question for you is how many times have you limited God to your timeline? And I told you before, God doesn't have to meet your timeline or your milestones. So you have to stop limiting God and putting him in a box because he doesn't show up when you want him to show up. Their faith was limited to their perception of God's power. And they believed that God could work, but but watch this, their perception of God's power was only limited to situations that were somewhat manageable. So they believed that Jesus could perform miracles. Their brother was sick. Go get Jesus. Jesus, come. Lazarus, the one you love is sick. They believed that Jesus was going to do something about it, but they believed they didn't even realize it. They They were limiting God. They believed that God could do it when it was somewhat manageable. But once he was dead, once he was in the grave, once his body was thinking, then it was no longer manageable. My question is for you: What do do is your believing God limited to like what you think God can do? Well, remember, God can do all things. When Lazarus stopped breathing, they stopped believing. So obviously, for them, their situation was beyond repair. My question for you is: When have you allowed your thinking? to stop God because you thought the situation was beyond repair. See, this reveals something about their perception of God. They had framed God to move in the life of their brother only while he was alive. But once he went into the grave, then that was it. As far as they were they were concerned, the situation was closed. So their perception of God's power and Jesus's operation was limited. And to be clear, God is not limited. It's not that God was limited, but their perception of God was limited. Jesus can do all things, but their perception of what Jesus could do was limited. So my question for you is how bad does your situation have to get in order for you to stop believing? Like you, you're saying, brother Pina, I'm believing God. I'm believing God right now. I believe God. Like, like I, I could walk over to your, to your vision board, and you got some stuff up there, and you're believing God, and you tell your girlfriend, girl, I believe God. You tell your brother, hey man, I'm believing God. I'm actively believing God for this, and I am actively believing God for that. But my question is, how bad does the situation have to get for you to stop believing? At what point, while you're waiting on God, while you're in faith, without a doubt, without wavering, at what point will you stop believing? How bad? Let me ask it to you this way. Does your faith have a breaking point? Does your faith have a breaking point? At what point will your faith break? Jesus said, as far as possibilities go, all things are possible to him that believes. When Jesus said all things, he meant meant all things, all things. We, We have a God of no limits. There's absolutely nothing God can't do. There's nothing too hard for God. We all say it. There's nothing too hard for God. God can do all things. All of that is great. But what happens when a situation exceeds your perception of God's power? See, there's no problem that can outrun God's arms, but what happens when you think it's too late? When you think that it's over, you say that you're a man of God, you say that you're a woman of God, you say that you're a man of faith, you say that you're a woman of faith, but are you, while you are believing God, have you put limits on your faith? Like how, what have you framed your faith around? At what point does your situation no longer meet the parameters of your expectation? Ooh, let me ask that again. When God gave me that this morning, I had to high five myself. At what point does your situation no longer meet the parameters of your expectation? Is is your expectation based on certain parameters? Like, I can believe God just as long as these things or these conditions are right. I can believe God just as long as it doesn't get too bad because like, you know, I don't know if it gets too bad. So, in other words, have you put God in a box? We've all put God in a box. Let's be honest. We've all we all have a limited understanding of God. The Bible says that that we see through a a glass darkly. Right. One day we're going to see Him face to face. We all have a limited understanding of God, but we have to grow to the point where we believe that God can do anything, And, and I mean anything. So, one of the reasons why I'm convinced that God told me to teach on the miracles this year is because God wants you, me to expand our capacities to believe him. Our desire, God's desire, is that we believe in a God that can do anything. We believe in a God of no limits. We, we all frame our thinking, but in this season, God wants us to either A, reframe it, or B, throw out the frame. Put in the chat, say, I throw out the frame. i got to get to the point where I'm going to believe God. We have to get, listen, we got to be careful that our frames are not limiting our faith. We got to be careful that our expectation is not tied to certain parameters and that if these parameters are exceeded, then our expectation is going to be halted. And so what we don't want is to, to allow our faith to be based on certain conditions, <laughs> God, our faith should not be based on conditions. Our faith should be based on God and what he said. Our faith cannot be based on the conditions of the parameters of this present world. Our faith must be based on the fact that God spoke and we believe it and we receive it. And no matter how hard it gets, God is still God. And so God can do anything. We say it, say, say this, repeat after me. God can do anything at any time, anywhere. By any means. Come on now. God can do anything at any time, anywhere, by any means. We all say that. We all believe it. We say we believe it. But what happens when conditions get so bad that we throw in the towel on our faith? We got to expand our capacity to believe God and we should never give up until God tells us to move on, which leads me to my second point. I totally only have two things for you this morning. Here's number two. When you actively believe God for something, You should never move on until God tells you to move on. So let's talk about this for a minute. I have had to believe God for things for years. Now, remember, we are the just and we live by faith. So living by faith means God gives me a word. I believe that word, whether it's from the the Bible or through the Holy Spirit, or he gives me a dream while I'm sleeping or an open vision while I'm awake or, or prophetic word through someone else. However, God gives it to me. God spoke to me. I believe it it hasn't happened yet. So now I'm living with an expectation of manifestation. And I have to believe that God is going to manifest it in the fullness of his timing. Now, there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it happens right away. Whew, those, that's very rare that God gives you a word today and that he does it today. That's very rare. In most cases, God has to prepare you for what he already prepared for you. And then in a lot of cases, he has to move in the lives of other people. The reason why it's taking so long is because not only does he have to prepare you, but he's also working on other people to set the conditions for the manifestation of his promise. And so there's a lot of things that have to happen. We don't know, and and, and we won't understand it until we get to heaven. So we have to just believe God until we see what he said. You see what I'm saying? So I've, I've stood in faith for things for years. Now, sometimes it happens in days. Sometimes it happens in weeks. Sometimes it happens in months. Sometimes it happens in years. Sometimes it happens in decades. (sighs) I hate to admit that, but that's true. I would much rather God just say it and he do it, right? But it doesn't work that way, living the life of faith. So if you ever stand in faith for something, here's a few things that you need to consider. You should stand in faith until God's will is done. Like no matter how long it takes. You should never give up on what you believe that God said. If you believe God said it, if you believe God promised it, then you have to believe that he's not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent and that he's going to bring it to pass. That is only a matter, put in the chat, is only a matter of time. That is only a matter of time before I see in my hands what I've already seen in my heart. But if you ever get to the point where you move on, if you ever get to the point where you no longer believe it, then it has to be. Because either God told you to move on, or you acknowledge that you missed it. So let's talk about the missing it first, because I've missed it more times than I want to acknowledge, and we've all missed it from time to time. So let's say that you missed it. Let's say that God reveals to you, no, son, no, daughter, I'm not going to do that. You could take that off your vision board, because that's not for you. You could take that off your vision board, but God, you did it for her, but God, no, no, I did it for them, but I'm not going to do it for you, because it's not part of your plan. Stop looking at other people. Run your race with your grace at your pace. Okay. So if God says, hey, son, hey, daughter, that was never me in the first place. You had a high expectation based on wrong information. That never came from me. That came from you. That was a figment of your imagination. That was something that was birthed in your heart and not in mine. And we've all missed it. I know that I've missed it more times than I want to acknowledge. So if you missed it, then yeah, you got to stop believing, right? So if you missed it, then you got to be like, okay, well, I missed it. And if I missed it, then that's it. I got I to gotta move on, right? Because it was never God in the first place. So if you missed it and we all miss it, okay, cool. I missed it. My bad. Tell your family that was not God. That was me. It is what it is. I take accountability and responsibility for it. I know that uh, for years I had told people I was going to Florida. And, and one day I was here in Virginia the Lord said, you ain't going to Florida. <laughs> I never told you you're going to Florida. You're going to be right here in Virginia. And, and and I didn't like that, number one, because I wanted to go to Florida. But number two, I had to acknowledge that that was it. And when people ask me, wait a minute, I thought you said, yeah, I did. I said it, but it wasn't God. It was me. End of story. If you missed it, you missed it. It was never God. So it wasn't that that you're moving on because God is not going to do it. No, you're moving on because God never said he was going to do it. So, so in that case, okay, I got it. It was never the will of God. So if it was never the will of God, then you have to move on. Or... God speaks to you clearly and says, hey, I'm not going to do it this way or I have other plans. And if God has other plans and you don't know what he's doing, then you just have to trust that he's going to do it the way that he wants to do it. But God never spoke to Mary and Martha and told them to move on. God never told them, hey, you You miss me. It was not my will. No, it was God's will to heal Lazarus. It was. It's just that it wasn't going to happen the way that they wanted it to happen. So God never told them to move on. They just gave up on their own. See, there was a point when Mary and Martha fully believed that Jesus was going to show up and heal Lazarus. Well, Jesus showed up, but now they no longer believed. And God didn't tell them to stop believing. They just stopped believing. God, never, The Holy Ghost never told them to, to give in, uh, to quit. They gave up. They caved in and they quit. They threw in the towel on their faith. So my question is, how dead does your situation have to be? for you to stop believing. Like if God tells you to move on, move on. If you miss God, you miss God. These things happen. You're human. You make mistakes. But if God didn't tell you to move on, and if God didn't tell you that your desire was you and not him, then why did you quit? Well, if I ask you, hey, what about this situation? You said no, I don't believe that anymore. Why did you stop believing? My question is why? Did you put a timeline on God? Did you put a time frame on God? Did you put God in a box? Are you trying to frame God to operate within the parameters of your conditions? No. My question is, listen, you have to learn how to believe God. Sometimes, I hate to admit it, sometimes it takes months and weeks and years and decades but you have to continue to believe God until God does what he said he was going to do in your life, that you you believe in God and you can never stop believing. You cannot give up. You cannot cave in and you cannot quit. And what I'm teaching on the miracles of Jesus, I I want you to expand. God wants you to expand your capacity to believe God. And then as a believer, say this out loud, I'm a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by fear. And so I'm going to believe what God said until I see what God said, no matter how long it takes. I will not give up. I will not cave in. I will not quit now. If I miss God, it was never God in the first place. It wasn't God's fault. It was mine. But if I didn't miss God and God didn't tell me to move on, then why? Why should I move on? Do not, do not allow the conditions or the circumstances of this present world to cause you to give up on your faith. As a believer, you got to keep on believing and stop putting God in a box. Oh, this is good. I know this is good. You might need to listen to this again. I'm gonna listen to this again myself. Lift up your voice and declare this over your life. Let's close out strong. Say, Father. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I know you are a God of no limits. There is nothing too hard for you. As big as my issues are to me, I know they are small to you. So I ask you in faith to move in every situation in my life. I ask you, Father, to get involved. I know one word from you can turn it around in an instant. So no matter how long it takes and no matter how hard it gets, I will not stop believing. My eyes are on you. My trust is in you. I know you can, I believe you will. I believe in a God who can do all things and I will never stop believing unless my God tells me to. I stop putting God in a box. And I boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you're not getting my notes, Why not? Sign up and get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day. I want you to believe God. I want you to take the frame and throw it away. Expand your capacity to believe God and never give up on God. Don't give up on God, for he won't give up on you. He's able. I love you. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then also share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.